And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This is the Athletic Football Show. Welcome to the Athletic Football Show. I'm Robert Mays. Joining me today is my good friend Nate Tyson. Nate, how you doing, buddy? Doing very well. We we soldier on. This is a. Uh, I, I know we have uh, all these kind of shows in the hopper, or I guess we're planning it. And I had to check in. I was like, "We doing? What are we doing today? We're doing trades. Okay, here we go. Let's whip up the cap sites. Let's start looking at some rosters. See who's overloaded. Some positions. This was fantastic because it it's a great thought exercise to kind of really start like piecing together. Like, oh, this this guy could be in a move. Look at the rumor mill a little bit. I'm very excited to get into this because this is a. Uh, I love our theory shows. You know, like where you throw out some stuff, you know, throw out some ideas, see what see what sticks. And I, I'm excited to get it, get going on this. I love fake trades. <laughs> I've always loved fake trades. It's one of my favorite parts of doing this. It's how you get your first job. Who, who, who could be who could be available here? You know, like, what sort of guys? And you take a look at who's got huge cap hits. Who's yeah. hitting free agency next year? That might be a candidate because the team doesn't want to resign them. CJ Gardner Johnson was like that last offseason where he got moved because at a certain point you can only pay so many guys. So are there players in that category? Are there some rebuilding teams that need to ship off players? So we're going to get into, I don't know, 10, 12, 15 guys. We're, we're calling it a list of 10 that there aren't going to just be 10 because that's just not how it works on this show. Before we dig into the list, though, I wanted to do some housekeeping from the show that we did yesterday because some things happened really right after we stopped recording. The mm -hmm. first of which was the kind of bizarre collective response from a bunch of different teams leaking to reporters that after the Lamar Jackson news came down that he was going to be given the non-exclusive tag and would be available to a certain extent, they were not interested. You know, there were rumblings about the Falcons, the Panthers, mm -hmm. you know, the couple people talked about how the Raiders wouldn't want to do it. Hard to see that and not have your antenna go up because mm -hmm. we don't see that. Why would teams do that? Why would teams immediately and collectively, to a certain extent, want to put out there that they do not have any interest in even negotiating or pursuing Lamar Jackson? So when you saw that, what was your initial thought about what the motivation might be? NFL, I'm not. I'm so jaded by the NFL that it's that I'm You're not the shocked. wrong person to ask. You know where the bodies know, are buried because I even I messaged you and I was I'm grocery shopping after a show and I was just kind of like, man, there's a lot of backlash. Maybe I'm just not surprised, and maybe I it's. But the fact that I'm not surprised doesn't mean in my upbringing and all that I sometimes have to take my a step away from that. It's like yes, I may be jaded, and it's like of course this is how the NFL acts. That doesn't mean it's not a big deal. You know, it doesn't mean it's not notable or something to talk about. And that's something I always have to separate with uh, with my own like thought process with this and actually what's going on with the world. Uh, yeah, maybe I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm in my own collective bubble of, of how I view the NFL and everything. But you're telling me that a former MVP that's 26 years old, I think in the prime of his career, is an upgrade over a vast majority of NFL quarterbacks. 
uh, and teams within a half hour after hearing the news for the first time, air quotes, for the first time hearing the news about the non-exclusive tender. And they're going to just say, yeah, we're out right away. And I, I get that NFL teams can publicly say whatever they want. It's not a binding thing that they said because they sent out some tweet or they told some reporter you know, through the grapevine that they're not interested. But yeah, the speed of it was very surprising. And it's very, you know, I understand the C word is getting thrown around, but it, it's, it's the NFL. And it, it's really interesting that a player that's been drawing a line in the sand against his team or um, negotiating with his team that represents himself. And there's also the variable of the, the Deshaun Watson fully guaranteed contract that just seemed like NFL teams are kind of going like, we're trying to take control back here. And I, yeah. this is all just me observations. I read between the lines. I think a million of us have done this, but that just what it seems to be to me. And they can say and point at Lamar's injury history. Yes. He has missed 10 games over the last two seasons. That is not insignificant. But it's Lamar Jackson, former MVP, 26 years old. And you kind of gloss over those things. There's a lot worse quarterbacks that are getting paid Daniel Jones <laughs> that have their qualms. And you're not going to pay him at 26 years old. So, yeah, it, it's kind of one of those things where I was shocked by – I was the shocked by the shock uh, reaction from everybody. But once I took a step back, I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. I get why everyone's kind of like pissed off and pointing fingers right now. A team traded a first-round pick in change to take on Carson Wentz's contract two years ago. Yes. Daniel Jones just got $45 million a year. That's... If we're being generous, let's say it's $37 million over those first three years. I know that's not all guaranteed, but it's the first three years, there's $94 million of that guaranteed over those mm -hmm. first three years. A team traded two first-round picks and more, a bunch of picks, to go get Russell Wilson last year after a down season as he went into his 30s. A team, traded, a team traded two first-round picks to take on Matthew Stafford's deal and then extended him to get themselves over the hump with their quarterback position. This feels like a message being sent that we're not going to do business this way. Yep. Yeah, you're not with The precedent that was set last year is not a real precedent, and we're taking control back, exactly like you said. This is a reminder about who's in charge. And good for you guys. Right. This is your line in the sand. Uh, cool. Look at all the desperation quarterback moves that we've seen over the last few years. Yeah. I, if I were one of these teams and one of these owners that just doesn't give a shit, it's just a swing we're taking for some team. And even if I thought that Jason Fitzgerald made a really good point about this from over the cap today, you can trade quarterback contracts. Yeah. As long as you don't get a no trade clause in there, if you're worried about the fully guaranteed deal and he's got especially after the Jones contract. I just think it's going to be hard to check in at anything less than like 50 million, 48 million a year fully guaranteed. So let's say it's four years, $50 million a year, it's 200 million fully guaranteed. If you get two years into that deal and you feel like, ah, you know, it's just, it's just not where we want it to be, you could probably move that and a team could sign them to a fake extension and get that cap number down. We've seen much worse quarterbacks moved with seemingly prohibitive deals that they're playing mm -hmm. on. So I just don't think the downside is as drastic as people trying to explain this away with logic or making it out to be. I think this is a line in the sand being drawn by the other side after Lamar has stood by his conviction and how he's going to go about this negotiation. And yeah. I understand what they're trying to do, but I also think that they're kind of laying it out pretty plainly what they're trying to do. That's what is the gross part of this is if this happened where, yeah, the no market came privately and all that. Okay. That's one thing, but they kind of showed how the sausage was made. And that's, that was kind of the gross aspect of this. And again, 
as someone that's literally been around the NFL my entire life, it's not, it's nothing stunning, uh, to, and, uh, personally, but they're, you're going to say, and I know they're going to have these excuses of why you wouldn't want to sign a guy that has carried, I don't know, Deshaun Jackson off, you know, off the street and throwing touchdowns to him and Greg Roman's passing game offense from the year 1998, you know, that, and also make it look good. The and best receiver he has played with by far is Marquise Brown. At right. wide receiver, by far. Right. You, you yeah. look back at what's happened since 2018, 2019. I mean, the stats are absolutely wild yeah. if you look at what he did in his MVP season. And I know that that was three years ago. In Lamar's MVP season, okay, only one player on the team caught more than 50 passes, and that was Mark Andrews. Marquise Brown had 584 receiving yards that year. It's insane. That's okay. Insane. So that that's what the year they won the MVP and they were the most efficient offense in football. I know the running game is a huge part of that. Yeah. And part of those volume stats are driven by the fact that they don't throw it a ton. But I think the point still stands. The year after that, Marquise Brown had 58 catches <laughs> tied with Mark Andrews for the team lead. No one else on the team had more than 33. And throw out some of the names that are on that roster, too. Devin like, DuVernay yeah. had yeah, 26 targets. Gadget Willie guy. Sneed had 48 S- targets. Sneed. Miles Boykin had 33 targets. Okay, we go to 2021, throw out some more names here. We got Sammy Watkins gets 27 targets. Rashad Bateman gets 46 in a year where he came back from injury. James Prochet gets the ball thrown to him 20 times. Marquise Brown again is is their number one receiver by far. And then you go into this season and Demarcus Robinson. Yep. Demarcus Robinson was the most targeted wide receiver on the team this year. Receiver five for the Chiefs. That he got cut before. by the Raiders. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Even after that. A year, a year before that, he was receiver four or five. And they're like, yeah, we no, we're moving on from this when they needed receivers. Think that, about that, the mental so. gymnastics that people are doing right now to yeah. justify why Daniel Jones is worth $40 million. It's unbelievable. Because he's never had any receivers. And what can we get him to? And we've seen Lamar be one of the most dynamic <laughs> players in the league. He's, he doesn't. These are excuses for Daniel Jones. I don't, I don't want to knock Daniel Jones. He has improved. But it's kind of am anyways. But. He has running ability, he's improved, and he's thrown to no receivers. Okay, Lamar is two tiers better as a runner, has never thrown to a good receiver, and like still produced to be a Pro Bowl caliber, all-pro caliber quarterback. Not league average quarterback that what Daniel Jones is getting paid off a of. A needle-moving quarterback, of yes. which there are not that many. Even nope. if you want to say that Lamar is a tier down from the best quarterbacks in the league, which I think is fair. That, that's fair. At that's this where stage, I have him. based on the last couple of seasons, I have that him as he a had. second tier quarterback. That's even where if, I have him. Even if he's the sixth best quarterback in football, yeah. the seventh best quarterback in football, Daniel Jones, I think, graciously, is the seventeenth, eighteenth best quarterback in football. Right? And that, that's fair. And that, that's probably where he is. So, this is a guy who truly can make a difference for you. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to go down that road, fine. But the idea right. that you don't even want to talk to him. Yeah, because that's what's gross. I understand he wants a fully guaranteed deal, mm-hmm. but the market's going to be what the market's going to be. If you give him a contract and it's the best one that he gets and you can get him for a shade under what Kyler got paid. The Kyler or, deal is the one I would keep coming back to. That's the one. It's like this guy has quote unquote injury history and also is slighter built or you know different built than the other quarterbacks. And Just lay it legs. out. Just yeah. lay it out. This That's is the it. deal. Take it or yep. leave it. Yep. And if he doesn't have a better offer, does he really want to go back and play on the tag for one year with right. the Ravens? The idea that you wouldn't even want to have a conversation with him, that, that just what's silly to me. I mean, there's a chance that he's going to sit there and say, I want a fully guaranteed deal or nothing. And then yeah. he goes back and plays on the tag. But what do you lose outside of time? 
right. and, and a little bit, yeah, one you're, Zoom you're, call. <laughs> you're mild. You're mildly inconvenienced yeah. to kick the tires on a guy who is unlike any other player in the league. At the most important, most important position in sports, and it's a needle mover. Like I mean, usually this is kind of a no brainer. And even you know, some people have said, "Oh, it's Lamar's passing has always been dinged." And even this year, it was remarkable to me. You know, before kind of injuries started cropping up, I would say the first third of the season, I even wrote about it in one of my articles, was how improved he had even been working from the pocket. He was trying and succeeding at staying in the pocket and not just defaulting to scrambling. This offense would even provide him with checkdowns. They would lock the running back in protection and not even provide him with answers. This offense, by design, was using his legs as a checkdown, which I understand that that is a thing and that's a component of his game and it is a weapon. But this offense was not even giving him those. I've said sometimes those easy buttons were never there in this offense. The passing game is hard. Uh, the Greg Roman's passing game is a very difficult passing game. They have a lot of read routes for whatever reason, where two guys are running into the same area. So obviously they don't coach it that well. They all have a lot of digs, a lot of overs, a lot of deep stuff. And then the underneath stuff is not kind of like when you watch, I don't know, you watch Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offense. And oh my God, just look at all the easy buttons they got to hit all the time. All the screens and the cool stuff. They, they're not running screens to Patrick Ricard. They're running screens to their talented players. But that is a real thing. He Ronnie Stanley's been out. For game after game after game, all of his help is gone. Like, and this is, and we're going to knock him for it. We've talked about how much situation matters, and people will say, "Well, if he's a true star, then he would, you know, overcome that." He did overcome it. <laughs> he did like win games, like put points on the board through through his ability. So that's where I, there, there's such a disconnect where people are the excuses and the negatives of his game are using that as the full blown excuse for not paying him. When we look over so many other blemishes, that, that's that my problem. The amount of bargaining that goes on with all these other guys where you're talking yourself into what they can be. Why are we fixated on what Lamar can't be? Wait, wait, I, I just it's don't not what understand he can't do, it's that. what he can do. Yes. yes. Yeah. We, there's so many different, again, you, this, the bargaining that goes on with these other quarterbacks and rationalizing why yeah. they can get to a certain place. You talk yourself into it. Mm -hmm. And now we have people talking themselves out of somebody who's shown what he can be. I, if you don't want to do it, fine. Yeah. If you don't want to pay $50 million a year, close to fully guaranteed and give up two first round picks because that's a path that you're locked into it. That is now what you are. And mm -hmm. you're one of these teams that's built it slow and you want to work on your timeline. Right. That's fine. If that's how you ultimately get there, I understand that right. conclusion, but just dismissing it out of hand seems misguided, especially when we have other teams committing to quarterbacks that aren't nearly as good. Yeah. And rushing to make sure everyone knows yeah. that you're not taking a meeting. That, yeah. And the fact that it all just came boom, 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 boom. I mean, there, this happens all the time. I mean, this was a, kind of a different circumstance. This is more positive, but um, I want to say when... AJ Green and like Des Bryant and maybe another receiver. I, I'm blanking. I might be mixing the names. I know AJ Green was one of the names. They all came up for a contract. Julio all, was right in there at the same I time. I think so. Three receivers all within got announced with their new contracts within the next half, like within a half hour, all with different Demarius agents. Marius Thomas might have been in there too. That might have been one it too. It all happened at the same time. It was like three of them all within a day. They all got announced and all of them were like within a million dollars of each other with how much. They, and it's like, Jesus, guys, can you at least like fudge it a little bit? So it's like you guys aren't all working together, guys being teams and they're and who, what they're negotiating. But this happens all the time. And I, I mean, I'm not I'm like not really like technically no, officially no. But I mean, this happens. It's sports. And these teams have a prerogative to do this. And that's what it's just. 
like I said, when you see the sausage getting made like that, it's kind of it's kind of disgusting. Even if I've seen it happen time and time again. All right, let's talk about some of the details with the Daniel Jones contract here very let's do quickly. It. Pro Football Talk came out with some of the actual numbers. Uh, he had we were kind of close on the signing bonus. We said thirty two million. It came ended up being thirty six million. Ooh. And what they did is they just kept the base salary lower in year one. So he has a nine point five million dollar base salary this year, cap it about nineteen million, which means his twenty twenty four cap it is about forty five million. In 2025, it goes back down, just mm-hmm. figuring out why that might be the case. A lot of the contract extensions that the Giants would have to sign, the Giants right now, if they cut Kenny Galladay, with Daniel Jones' $45 million capita on the roster, would have $145 million, $150 million in cap space with a cap of $250 million. Tons of room. Yeah. But that's because they have no players. <laughs> right. I mean, they, 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 there are no players on the team outside of Daniel Jones. Leonard Williams, Adoree Jackson, and like Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal, the guys they drafted last year. So well, then, Dexter yeah. Lawrence is hitting free agency. That's Andrew yeah, Thomas yeah, is hitting free they're agency. They're about to get paid. Xavier yes. McKinney is hitting free agency. Saquon Barkley would be hitting free agency. Yeah. But if you sign those guys to extensions, you can keep those first-year cap numbers low. So by mm-hmm. the time they got to start to get expensive, Daniel Jones is either going to be a little bit less expensive in 2025 or in 2026 you can move on from him and kind of pivot. I, I I spent so much fucking time yesterday thinking about this. I, I don't know why. I'm just, I'm just fascinated by the by the choice. And and again, the question we coming coming back to: What are you trying to do with this type of quarterback contract? And the more I've thought about it, it's like I just kind of shrug. It's like okay, you yeah. know, like it. That's I understand it. You you don't want to take a step back after what you were last year. Mm-hmm. So now you are going about this where you're trying to build up your roster. After having committed to a win with quarterback early in your team building process. And that is possible. You know, we've seen examples of that. We talked about the Jared Goff mm-hmm. example with the Lions you know, a little bit early yesterday. And I think that something I didn't mention that's worth mentioning is that what they've done over the last couple of years where they're staying competitive and they're staying relevant and they're building a culture, there's value to that. But I think eventually you need to dismount off that guy if you're right. going to get over the top. So what does that dismount look like? The Lions can do it now. The Lions had multiple extra first-round picks yep. as they committed that salary to Jared Goff, and there wasn't much guaranteed into years two, three, four, so they can pivot when they want to. So we'll see what happens with the Lions. I think that's the best recent case mm-hmm. that you would look at. The best case, obviously, is what the Chiefs did with Alex Smith, right? You're paying right. Alex Smith 11% of the salary cap. You start building this winning culture with Andy Reid. You start building up the offense. You see what you have in Tyreek Hill. You see what you have in Travis Kelsey. And then when it comes time, breaking case of emergency, you trade up from 27 to 10 and you drop. You get the most talented quarterback I've ever seen with the 10th pick in the draft after trading up in that draft. He's the second quarterback taken because a certain team took a certain North Carolina quarterback with the second pick in that draft. The amount of things that had to happen for them to pull that off. And then the other example, I think if you're trying to, okay, it's early in the team building process. What can we get out of this? The Jimmy Garoppolo situation with San Francisco, Mm -hmm. which I I love talking with coaches about this because I'm fascinated by it. If you have a win with quarterback, a guy Mm -hmm. who is a a tier two, tier three-ish player, what is the plan? What is the path? And multiple coaches that I've talked to that have teams with these sorts of quarterbacks or built this way, bring up Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco. And they're like, ah, oh, you know, if the, he makes that throw to Emmanuel Sanders or Jaquiski Tart doesn't drop that interception, like where could the Niners have been? The Niners won four games the second year of Jimmy Gar- and Jimmy Garoppolo's deal and got Nick Bosa with the second yeah. overall pick because Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt. They front-loaded his deal massively 
in order to afford some of these players a little bit later on. Again, all the things that had to line up. So I get it. We want to be competitive. We didn't feel like we had an alternative. This was a way to make sure that you know, we had enough flexibility in the last, next couple of years. It's not going to preclude us from signing players. I just look back at history. And if you have a $40 million a year quarterback, what, where, where is it going to take you? And right. it might take you where you want to go. Maybe 10, 11 wins over the next couple of years. And being a team that's consistently in the mix and is building towards something and will figure out what the pivot looks like later, that's fine. Joe Shane said today, we can win a Super Bowl with Daniel Jones. I have my doubts about that. That, that, that's, you know, that's all I'll say. And right. this idea that you know, a couple people said yesterday to us, to us on Twitter, it's, well, you, you said that team players need weapons and, you know, you quarterbacks, young quarterbacks need weapons. Why doesn't Daniel Jones get that same sort of grace? The, the, the cheap years are over, man. Yeah. Like you can trade for Tyree kill and, and you can build it that way. When you're on a rookie quarterback contract, that becomes harder when your quarterback is making $40 million a year. I know they have some financial flexibility, but they have such a barren roster outside That's, of a couple of different players. They have right. so far to go at so many places and having a guy that's taken up $40 million on the cap is a deterrent to that. I mean, that that's it. It's all there is to it. A lot of these guys who are young and you're building around them, you're building around them when you have increased flexibility mm-hmm. because of what they're making. That is no longer part of the Giants equation right now. So I get how they arrived at this moment. And I think that this is better than some of the alternatives if this is what you want to do and you want to stay competitive. But I think that we have to be honest about the reality it creates for you. And this is the reality that it's created for them, even if it's over the next two to three years. That's it. It's of course, there's paths where he, oh, he continues to improve and the situation is better and everything. But that's you're not kind of getting any surplus out of that. And I, I it's, try it's to avoid imp- that it word. Is very, it is very hard to extricate surplus out of that contract. And that, and is, that is a good way to put it. That's kind of where I'm at with it. It's like, I understand you want confidence and we've talked about paying for confidence and there's going to be a premium for that, but I don't know. It's, they already maxed out last year. Like they, they coached their asses off. They, they did what they could. They made, I mean, they had a great year. It was really fun to watch that team and we commended them for that, but it always felt like to me that was like, they and used the idea Jones. that I'm some giants hater now is fucking hilarious to me. I know. Right. I know. Coach of the year, right? He was your coach of the year. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, we had. We're talking Lawrence. about him like week three when no one, no one else knew no, we, the Giants existed. We're doing, we're doing, I, uh, we're doing a wild card running back breakdowns or a wildcat breakdowns of their offense. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly from from October. Um, but that's what's just that's kind of where I'm at with it. I think you nailed every avenue with it because that's their point. Their pivot points have just been nullified. Like they just kind of wiped out a whole bunch of them from it. And yeah, it's like the, oh yeah, in a couple years they're not okay. In a couple years maybe they'll want to move on and find a different guy. Like his. Dead cap is still eighteen million in year three. Like it's not like it's yeah. just like oh yeah, then it's just that's still significant. Like that's still a chunk of your cap, and that's it absolutely is. And this idea that well, we can move on after two years. The first I don't want the first thought I have after signing a quarterback to well, extension to be when I can two. move on from him, right? Like and uh, Gino and Daniel Jones are Gino Smith are going to be compared to each other because of the contracts and everything that happened to signing. And Gino's we know what Gino is and is. Young, young mid thirties. You know, half like the guarantees. Half. They could move on this year. They could pick a quarterback year. at five this year if they want. Oh, to. They br- they bridged it perfect it too. And it's like, and actually, I've thought about that too. Not to like dovetail this into a Geno discussion, in Seahawks, but it's if I'm going to is that is the with his contract to say they do draft a rookie this year, a rookie quarterback this year. It's 
when those other guys get expensive, you still have that rookie deal now to work with exactly. as well. I, oh man, it's just they, they timed it up really well. Yes, and they maybe the Giants hit the lottery do that. with it. Maybe, maybe they do. 20, maybe in twenty twenty five, maybe they, they can do. move up and draft a guy. Yep. The eighteen million in dead money or the fourteen million yep. in Daniel Jones is dead money. It, you can take that on a little bit easier because you're working off of a rookie quarterback contract. This could absolutely work that work out. It can. I don't think it's some death knell. I don't no. think it's some disaster. No. I have so much faith. In that coaching staff and the guys right. in charge there right now, I understand that they felt painted into a corner a little bit, but I, I just I think that it's important to acknowledge the realities of this. Yes. Daniel, this is the stat that I I was going to tweet out yesterday and I didn't because I just I was asking for trouble. Okay, <laughs> this is not the end all be all stats wise, but I think it's an important bit of context. Daniel Jones last year, according to Pro Football Focus, had eight big time throws. Eight. Okay. His big time throw rate. So the amount of big time, and th- those are defined as like tight window, often yeah. down the field throws. Like you they know, are when subjective, you see it. but but yeah, they, yeah, they, they are you, subjective. You, but over time, a, a good player is going to have a lot of them. <laughs> you, you know it when you see it. Okay, yeah, yeah it's a Supreme Daniel, Court ruling. Daniel yeah. Daniel Jones's big time throw rate last season among quarterbacks who took at least twenty percent of their team snaps. There are forty one of those quarterbacks. He finished fortieth. Matt Ryan was the only quarterback who was lower than him. He yeah. had eight of those last season. Geno Smith had 35. Yeah. So when go. we're asking what this guy is within the context of his offense, even, I think that there is a large gap between those players. Derek Carr yeah. had 21. Right. Daniel Jones right. had eight. So yes. what was he asked to be? And even if you're projecting some growth, and that's totally fair, if they get better weapons, and we're going to talk about some guys who might be on the move this year and some teams that could really bulk up positions like receiver, that mm-hmm. can happen. And maybe you see some growth from him, but there's just not a lot of yeah. – you have to think about where the value is coming from. Your quarterback either has to be a win because of guy if he's expensive or a win with guy if he's cheap. If right. somewhere in the middle is just a really, really hard thing to navigate. And even in – in, I think the Ryan Tannehill one is another good example. And the reason I don't throw that out at the beginning is because they committed to Tannehill after they already had the pieces. Yeah, you know, like that team was already and in was place when they decided they, yeah. to give him that contract, yeah. which looks a lot like this Daniel Jones contract. Yeah, but I just, but again, but again the Tannehill was a like a ton of people. It's like a legit top ten quarterback season from the last decade was that Tannehill season, not league average. That uh, that's what you're paying. So that was that was the difference. I was like, holy shit, we hit something here. Not like, oh, we might have something. This is the best of a bad bunch. Even. And you're talking about it. All right, it, so, like, we, all right, so oh, let's sorry. do it. Let's let's talk. Yeah. Let's go back to those stats, okay? That big time throw rate, just like as one number. Uh, Ryan Tannehill was third in the NFL that season at big time throw rate in 2019. Third, not stuck. He's he's standing in there making monster throws and over and over and over again. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. He's Tannehill's strength is he's willing to hang in there and rip some digs. <laughs> so, so it's just, the strength. just another. It's one example. But but. I mean, the big games that Daniel Jones, the one that comes back to me is the late season Vikings game, or both of them, really. And I can tell you, and I watched it, and he had a positive game, as a, especially as a scrambler, and he took advantage of it. We made a big point of that. But like throwing-wise, and I, I had some people tweet at me, I'm like, man, Daniel Jones really put together some throws in that game. It's like a bunch of wide-open over routes, over and over and over. And I'm not trying to be mean here. It's like, but I like that's not a super impressive thing when a guy's running scot-free. And that's more of a... Detriment to what the Vikings defense was putting out there and also uh, a positive in Mike Kafka's cap to like have all these guys running wide open over and over and over. So that's the thing. It's like, yes, he made the throws. He did the job, but I, he better like he better make those throws or otherwise you're talking about like, oh, my God, get, bench this guy. 
So that's where it's like, even his really big games and positive games, it wasn't like as impressive as say maybe some other, you know, positive games that quarterbacks has have. And that's, I know that sounds like, oh, it's all subjective and everything, but it's kind of like you see it. The big time throw rate is a great example, but also just, you know, this is the eye test thing. When you look at the scheme of that, these teams are running the, the degree of difficulty of those throws wasn't very high. People ask, what would you have done? If you're Joe Shane, what would you have done? My first thought is let him test the market. Yeah. You know, just just let him go out and test the market and see what's available because I just don't think any team is willing to pay him what you are going to pay him. He is yeah. more valuable to you than he is to anyone else because part of the motivation and obligation to give him this sort of deal is you right. want him you want to reward him. You want to do it for the culture and you want to build that and I understand that and I think that's right. So and I guess maybe the end game of that is do you get him for a few million less every year if he goes out on the open market and that's what the team dictates his market mm-hmm. is. I, I would argue that it would probably be a lot less than what he ended up getting because I don't know how many teams are willing to give him that money. But even if it's $7 million a year left, less. The answer is how much difference does that really make? Probably right. not a lot. You're you're between a rock and a hard place because of what you did last season. And I think it's important to acknowledge that. But I also think it's important to acknowledge the new reality that this creates for you, even if it's not something that's going to sink you and even if it's only a couple of years and it's a stepping stone to something else. That's it. Yep. It's not like you have to nuke the team or anything, but it's just, it's, t- you're turning up the difficulty of your team building. That, that's that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And I, th- I still have a lot of hopes for what they're going to do. I'm still very interested Same. in what they're going to do. And we're going to get into that right now with some of their options. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Okay. Talk about some veterans here that might. I, I, it was way longer than I expected it to be, but I had to get oh some my of that God, shit right? off my I chest. <laughs> we, 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 I was fine with that. That was great. <laughs> All right. Half hour, rip it off. Let's get into some of these guys here. First guy I wanted to throw out somebody who it's been pretty open that he was going to be available on the open market. This is a rebuilding team. You got a new uh, GM there, a new regime is DeAndre Hopkins. Okay. Mm-hmm. Understand some of the concerns about DeAndre Hopkins on the wrong side of 30, coming off a PED suspension. PED suspension. He was hurt in 2021. He's going to be 31 by the time this season starts. I still think he is attractive for a lot of reasons. When you consider the dearth of receivers, right. even near his tier, that are available this offseason, whether it be in the free agent class, on the trade market, or in the draft. You go back to last season, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, A.J. Brown, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Drake London. We got six or seven guys who are needle-moving players at the position mm-hmm. available through multiple avenues. That is not the case this year. 
And that is why DeAndre Hopkins suddenly becomes very interesting to me. If I'm certain teams that with a needed receiver, I might know a couple. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. One's right down the street. The, the, yeah. When Hopkins too is, and we talked about him on the bear show uh, a couple of weeks ago, I'll just call it the bear show. Uh, but it's the, it's that his game actually kind of sort of is aging. Well, he was still yeah. very, very productive. He, he never tested well coming out, <laughs> out of the combine. It's actually one of the like lowest scores of everything. He's such an outlier in so many ways. So his game is actually aged okay, and it still has. Like last year, he's super, super productive. Um, as I stall trying to find his first down per route rate because I know it was pretty high. But the but honestly, he's not a, a guy that's like, oh man, he's this guy used to run a four three eight, and he's running a four six now, and I don't know if he can win that way. He's a low post threat. He boxes you out, and he wins. And he's a, his hand eye coordination. This is the same guy that had like 150 targets and didn't have a drop. This is that 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 doesn't go away, and it hasn't gone away. Um, it's very expensive, but like you said, if this guy is available, but is it that expensive? No, no. It's nineteen million in base salary. Even if he wants yeah, 20, a, a yeah, new contract, million. yeah. Even if he wants a new deal, let's say it's three years, seventy-five, right? Just like let's just throw that out there, yeah. and you can keep the cap hits relatively small in years one and two of doing that, and you just kind of pump it up in year three. Mm-hmm. That's palatable to me if yeah. the draft compensation is correct. So. The second round pick is kind of what's been thrown out there. If I'm the Bears and I can sign him to that three or seventy five million, the money's got to go somewhere. It has to. The the, the, the cap room has there. to go somewhere. You don't hang a and, banner and, for most cap room. You don't. <laughs> you don't. It's so it's got to go somewhere. And if I if I'm if I'm Chicago, I would at least and we'll see what happens with all the other trades. But wouldn't you at least call and say, do you want the fifty fourth pick for DeAndre Hopkins? Have to. And I th- and let's say okay now. Well, is that really the receiver room you want? It's Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool and DeAndre Hopkins. Chase Claypool is a free agent next year. Mm-hmm. Darnell Mooney is a free agent next year. If you somehow have multiple extra first-round picks and you want to go up and get a Marvin Harrison Jr., you can let one of those guys walk. Like Nothing is going to preclude you from really building the receiver room that you want. Right. And a group of Chase Claypool, Darnell Mooney, and DeAndre Hopkins I think is interesting. I like that. But that works. There's some there's some basketball lineup with that lineup or with with the, that receiving room. Uh, I'll say okay. Finally found the first down per first down per route stat. I was trying to find. He had he ranked 19th amongst all receivers and tight ends in first downs per route. The guy he was just behind in 18th was AJ Brown. He was just above Scary Terry, just above Kyle Pitts, just above Devontae Smith. Uh, Garrett Wilson, Chris Godwin, like some real, real names. He had a better first down per route run this year than Jacoby Myers, just above him. And I love Jacoby Myers. But just to show, this guy is still, still super productive. You're paying for, even if you don't think he's that elite top four guy, he's still a top 12 receiver. You don't find those guys unless you're really spending some capital on them, either draft or free agency money. And so, I mean, this just makes sense to me for a team that really if needs an X, needs our number one dude and ace. I mean, the Bears make a ton of sense, but like any team could use a guy like him if the financials make sense, uh, because that is what he is. He's still going to be a guy that I think the Bears example is great because, again, we talked about on the show, it kicks everybody else down as well. He's your true number one. There's no questions about it. You're not going like, well, we designed this play for this guy. It's like, he's your number one option. Boom, boom, boom. Everybody now, Claypool could be a two. You know, Mooney could be a three or vice versa. Everybody else gets knocked down a peg and what their role is. And that that has a lot of value, even when the ball's not going his way. It makes everyone else's jobs easier. That's the boost effect that you pay for stars. And he he's, still is a star. All right. The other team that 
I think the Giants are another team that is worth mentioning. Anytime mm-hmm. we're talking about receivers and financial yeah. flexibility, the Giants should be in there. But the one I think even makes more sense when you look at the amount of cap space that they have and the glaring the glaring need that they have and a certain coach's affinity for this player that he has mentioned multiple times is New England. Yeah, Patriots. Right. Okay. So they have $32 million in cap space. I'm sure they can free up a little bit more here and there. They have. If I'm New England, you have the extra third from the Matt Corral trade, which is glorious. Yeah, I know. I guess that's all they have because they traded Devontae. uh, Miami is getting their third round pick. So they only have one third rounder this year. So that's, I guess that's worth considering. But they also have an extra, they have a fourth round compensatory pick. Mm. Just call and say, here's. Here's the three we have from Carolina and the fourth round compensatory pick. We we want DeAndre Hopkins. Just call. Just 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 to. just see. I, I think that, that is the other team I keep coming back with. Yeah. I, no, I think that's a great one. I mean, yeah, I'm just trying to think what financials wise, like, you know, because obviously like the Ravens and the and the Cowboys need guys, but it's like, you know, financial wise, that doesn't work. It seems like Cowboys don't really have it to take a swing at that position they based on the amount of resources they have that they pumped into it. I so speaking of the Cowboys though, next guy I want to talk about here. Jalen Ramsey apparently is, you know, understandable with where the the Rams are at. You know, they are at a crossroads. I think that you kind of have to put everyone on the table. Leonard Floyd is unlikely to be back. They released Bobby Wagner. You know, they're they're turning a page here. Jalen Ramsey is somebody that, by all accounts, could be available through trade. He is still only 28 years old. He'll be Mm -hmm. 29 when the season begins. He's making 17 million this year, 14 million next year in base salary with a small roster bonus. Rams only save 5.6 against the cap if they trade him, but it's 17 million in cash. And so it's, get, it's getting something back. That's yeah, and, and then you just need some sort of resources. Yeah. So I don't know what it would take to tempt them. Yeah, but I know that there are some teams out there that have some financial flexibility and a hole at corner. So I think that they should be making some phone calls. Which teams would potentially make sense for you with Jalen Ramsey? I feel like the easiest one is the Lions, just because of the connection with Brad Easy. Holmes. Easy, Easy. One. Need a corner, familiarity. I mean, there's there's so much to like there. And even I, I want to talk about Jalen Ramsey, the player, too. I've always been of the thought that he is good, another guy that's going to age well because I think he'll be a dynamic safety once it's all said and done. Like I think he's he's on the Charles Woodson path. Like, I really think that's what he is as a player. He, he got great as a safety when he was even coming out of Florida State. Um, but, yeah, slot, outside, whatever you want to put it. He's, he's a, still a good player. He had some up and down moments. But when he locked in the last, like, five-ish weeks last year, when after he went through the midseason slide, the entire Rams did, where he kind of was like, all right, I'm going to let myself get burned by Chris Olave. Who cares? At the, end, at the end of the season, he locked back in. It's like, oh, yeah. You're really, you're really good. <laughs> you are a really good football player. But the Lions is the one that comes to my mind. That's like the easy, easy path. I we did not get to talk about this yesterday because we got derailed or not derailed. It was a fun conversation, but we talked about the quarterbacks the whole time. We were going to talk about some big questions and wild cards we had coming into free agency. Mm-hmm. And one of mine is, what is the Lions big move? Like if you think that you're a playoff team this year and you think that with a couple tweaks here and there, you can really do something. What is their big move on defense? Because they've been at the bottom of the league in defensive spending over the last couple of years. They've built it at their own pace. I respect mm-hmm. it. What is the move? Is this it? Could, could you out go out and get a Jalen Ramsey for the second round pick that you got in the TJ Hawkinson trade? I think that's right. Okay, maybe it takes more than that, but you, you start with that as kind of a thought where it's like, okay, you know, we have in this year's draft, we have 49 and 56 after the maneuvering that went on with the Hawkinson mm-hmm. trade. Could one of those get you Jalen Ramsey? Could one of those in some change 
get you Jalen Ramsey. I mean, I think these are the sort of things that I'd be turning over if I were Brad Holmes and I was looking for whatever that big splash feels like. And and especially the, the team, I'm just going to focus on the Lions. I think that it just makes so much sense is they also get to keep their first rounders because that matters too because then you eject even more life into that defense. I don't think this offense needs too much. I mean, uh, maybe a quarterback of the future, but that's a whole different discussion. But also like as far as weapons, as far as offensive line, you know, they don't really need a true, true ace anywhere at one of those positions. You know, they can need help at running back, tight end, yada, yada, but whatever I would say, but they need stuff on defense. So if you keep those picks, inject Jalen Ramsey into that defense and honestly, this draft class for corners, there are some interesting corners in the first round, but or first round kind of talents, I'd say, you know, half dozen, give or take four or five, six, but there's not really that one dude that you're like, oh, I'm taking this guy top 10. Yeah, not they have two first rounders, but I'm just saying not that one guy that's a true Gonzalez from Oregon is interesting. Um, Guess what? You could do both. They, exactly. they need multiple corners. You can do exactly. both. So now you can get a front seven guy with your number five pick. And then with your second pick, then you inject another DB because there's a lot of DBs. Like I said, there's corners, but maybe not that one, one dude. Now you have two guys right there. Boom. That, that, that position becomes a strength. What we talk about DBs is a weak link kind of thing you're going for you're trying to build up the whole room so i think that's just a, a, such a clear path that it just makes a ton of sense especially if they can hold on to some first rounders so a couple other teams i think are interesting i think dallas is interesting because yeah. they have the, a clear the team that need. should originally drafted them back in 2006 how you think jerry wouldn't love that a oh way to God. kind of atone Redeem for himself. that okay <laughs> yeah. so speaking of in a funny sliding doors moment it would probably require them cutting a zeke as a post-June 1st cut in order to afford Jalen Ramsey, who might want a contract extension as part of this, understandably so, get some guaranteed money on there, but that could allow you potentially to pump down the number in year yeah. one, to let more teams kind of be in, in the mix here. So they would probably have to do that. They would have to most likely trade Tyron Smith, which we are going to get to later in this show, Spoiler. free up some money, and they're going to restructure Dak's contract. Dak mm-hmm. is a $49 million cap it this year. So they're going to need to borrow from the bank of Dak to make some of these moves. But I think that may, move makes more sense than spending more resources at receiver. When, when yeah. you consider that they've already taken a couple swings there and Mike McCarthy talking about how he wants to run the ball and he dreams about it in his sleep. So it's just, just taking the reins back to, to pound the rock, apparently, even though this guy like. Even in in Green Bay, they ended up being a spread slant flat offense. So yeah, let's see, let's see how this ends up with Dak too. Good yeah, stuff. Go buddy. for it. Go for it, man. A couple others. Doesn't this feel like a Patriots move? We talked about it on right. the Mistake Show, right. where they go out and they get these guys for one fly. two years. Yeah, you take a flyer on it. They have a need there. They have the financial flexibility. So that's a team. And then the one that I also, if you look at needs, money. What about the Raiders? Oh, yeah, because they need DBs. <laughs> they need a lot of defensive help, actually. No, that one a makes a ton of sense, A lot of defensive help. Too. They've got a bunch of cap space. Yeah. So those – and Atlanta, I think, makes sense with needs and money. Um, I don't think it – on a football level, yeah. it makes sense. I don't think they do it. No, just, I, I, they're trying to like, – I, I think they're just trying to squat on everything. Like, no, we're going we're gonna to use what we have. We don't need any other uh, ex- external sources anywhere. All right. Speaking of the NFC South, next one here. Let's say a Bucks receiver. That, that that's the way that I'm framing it. <laughs> a Buccaneers receiver combined. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are making forty seven million dollars against the oh, yeah. this year. Okay, For a cool forty seven million. And they also have Russell Gage, by the way. Yeah, they signed him to like Russell, a Russell size Gage, deal, right? So 
those three combined are making $60 million against the cap this year. Man, those, those three you, receivers. you really felt it this year, too. Yeah. Those three guys, okay? Based on what we typically do and, uh, and how we would typically think about these moves, it'd be Evans, right? He's going to be a free agent after this season. Mm-hmm. He's 30 yep. years old. So I think a lot of things would point you to him being the more likely trade candidate, but he's an icon. Like mm-hmm. he is beloved down there. He's a potential Hall of Fame player. I think that is a potentially complicated fact, complicating factor. So is it more likely that Godwin is the one that could get moved? He's got a $20 million base salary. So you're eating very little dead money if yeah. you end up doing this. If, if Godwin is traded, like you're eating $15 million in dead money. Yep. Okay. So you're only saving eight against the cap. I guess that's not as much as I thought it was going to be. But they need every penny that you get. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> with with Evans, with Evans is even less. Yeah, it's not too much. With that, with Evans, it's a, you're still it's twenty one million, but you're saving the thirteen million in cash. So Godwin honestly seems like financially the one that might make them might make, make the sense. most sense. Man, I, I'd be calling. I, 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 I so love where Chris does he Godwin. make sense? Because the know, other that's... guys, the other teams were something about outside receivers. So I had a harder and Evans, I think, fits a lot of the same teams as Hopkins. Like if we're talking about which teams could use somebody like that, I would throw out the exact same list. Godwin's a little bit different. I'm curious who you would say. Oh, man. Uh, that rate that rate. I mean, this all depended on on. Lamar coming back, but but the Ravens make a lot of sense to me, yeah. especially if Bateman yeah. comes back healthy. That's, yeah, that's, that's a good real, one. Like Bateman, Godwin, and Andrews is a really fun trio of pass catchers, and especially kind of synergy. Uh, but yeah, that's the one that immediately comes to mind. After that, you know, uh, kind of a sneaky team here. I don't know if they can, or I don't know if they want to, is, is uh, the Seahawks. That was the one I was thinking about, too. Just, just they be, need a slot guy. They need a power slot. It perfect. feels ambitious. It, that's that's like a like we're we're going for it this year kind of move, and not kind of what they're maybe trying to build. So it's so funny one. that I, I had the same idea. Because right, I, so, I, I would love that trio. Oh my god, DK Lockett and it, I mean, would be it makes a lot of sense with the tight ends. Oh yeah, that would be a really fun offense. Yeah, those are the two that kind of come to my mind. So, honestly, honestly, this is the the guy that the. I, they might not, but the Giants should swing at because this is a just a, a solid, good player. Yeah, and and you know, good team guy, rock solid dude. You like, know what you're rock doing. solid dude. He's gonna block his ass off. He's That's why just... I'd be surprised if he got traded, just because. I mean, you, he's so useful. You man. want these type of guys in your yeah. offense, in your locker room, and it's, I was gonna say this about Ramsey. There's a chance you call and offer a second round pick for Jalen Ramsey, and the Rams tell you to go to hell, right. but. That's why this is fun because yeah. it's all wild. You know speculation. what teams are thinking? Yes. They might hate it. They might hate a guy and just go, yeah, yeah, get him off my hands. Like, you never know. All right. So speaking of receivers, yeah. what do we think about Brandon Cooks? Man, I, that that contract was it's shocking every time I look at it. Uh, I don't know. I, I would not be one of the team that wants to trade for Brandon Cooks. If I'm being honest, I know he is the likely trade candidate. Um, you're on a hook for what 18 million this year. Yeah, uh, there's some it's 18, 18 million in base salary, and there's some wiggle room if the Texans, you know, like hey, you know, talking with the Texans, they're kind of. I feel like they should be a quasi fire sale some of these vets, which we'll get to with another. See, player I disagree with that. Mm. I I'm not. I disagree with that because I think he means more to you this season than he might mean to another team for two reasons. 
Houston has nothing but money. I know. Okay. They, they have they have tons of cap space. They have forty million dollars in space this year, and that is with those two guys taking up sixty million dollars in cap room. That's ridiculous. We talk all the time about this idea of quarterbacks fail being failed versus failing. Mm-hmm. If you're going to draft the guy with the second overall pick and he's going to play this season, don't you want Brandon Cooks and Laramie Tunsil on the team, even if they're really expensive? I know that's, that's the way that I would think about it. I yes, yes, but the thing that has, is kind of like in my brain now is all the kind of rumors trickling out that it's like Texas might not be leaning towards a quarterback in the draft, which of course we're in smoke and mirror season. That'd be hilarious. It'd be the best. Uh, I get it. I mean, you have two first round pick next year. If you want to kick it down the road again, I was going to say time. Fine. The the Houston kick the canners. That's what they, that's what this franchise has become. They, they just want to keep kicking the can, never make a decision. Hey, clock never starts for us. Let's just keep, you know, kicking the can down the road. Um, but that's, that's where I'm coming at where him and then Tunsil we'll talk about in a second, but those guys getting traded potentially because of that, where you just say, let's just build as many assets that we can grab our guy, you know, that we want, even though these guys are, you know, good players. Brandon Cook's still a good player. Um, but that's, I don't know. That's for him. It's also, if they do want to draft a guy, then yes, I'd want to keep him because that's a target. That's that's a guy that we can design plays for. That's a guy that we can actually like throw the ball in tight situations and good situations or situations that aren't advantageous for our young quarterback. So that's where I'm coming to. I think you hunt for other weapons. And if yeah. you want to move on after this year, that's fine. But if I was dropping a rookie quarterback into that situation and I was moving on from Brandon Cooks and a guy we'll talk about in a second, I, I just don't get that. I, I just want to give that yeah. guy the best chance to succeed. And you can afford both of those guys this year. Yeah, they can. I mean, it's uh, a they, ton of money. If, if a team asked you to eat some of the salary and convert it to bonus and then like, hey, we'll juice up the pick, then I'd start really listening. You know, At like, a certain hey, point, though, don't you have enough draft picks? Yeah. Like the, the draft picks have to become players. Like, let's say that they're. I guess, oh, I guess I, if they're, hey, dude, I agree. Like, I, <laughs> I guess if they're picks this year, I guess if they're picks this year and you're you're going to use them on players to kind of build up your infrastructure. Yes. But I would the just having want. a left tackle and a primary number one receiver, even if it's not a one you're super excited about. I think it's just a good position to put a young quarterback in if oh, yeah. you're going to draft one. So Absolutely. it's hard for me. And that's yeah. why let's transition that to a Larry Mitunso conversation. Yeah. So in the hypothetical world where he does get traded, where do you think makes sense? Oh my goodness. You're Chicago Bears. Um Oh uh, my god. I would I, lose I would mind, lose my right? mind. Right. Uh, an all pro tackle in his prime, that'd be pretty sweet. Um, you know legit. Uh, like legit all yeah. pro tackle. Like he doesn't miss time stud. Who doesn't miss time? I mean, all those guys, but that's the one that comes to mind. Like the Titans, but the Titans are not in that stage. Uh, you know, to me, because I feel like the Bears looking like they have their quarterback, that makes a lot more sense. The Titans have so many questions to answer about every position. So it's like, why trade for a, t- a guy like that um, when we have other questions to answer? So that's the team that comes to my mind, especially with the cap room that they have. Um, and why 18 I think million t- in base salary this year. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. And, and you need to give sign. him an extension, right? Which but, you'd be I mean, more you can, than willing to do. Yes, like, absolutely. Yeah. Because it's hard to acquire players like this. It's very, very hard to acquire yes. players like this. And that's why if I'm the Texans, I just don't really get it. Like I know his cap number is astronomical this year, oh, yeah. but you've already paid most of the money. Yeah. I mean, you're saving $18 million in cash if you trade him. He's a 29-year-old all-pro left tackle. Mm-hmm. No, no. I I would want to keep him. Whoever, If I were the Texans, I'd be like, no, we're – this is a building block. We're going to have him for the next three, four years guaranteed while we build up whatever we want with the quarterback. But saying if they can't come to terms, it's like, well, we got to get something back 
for him, you know, and better than a third round comp pick we might get in free agency next year. So that's where I, I think that's where I'm kind of like at with it. It's like maybe we can get a second or even a first because I think he's generally worth that. I mean, even if you're paying him afterwards, because that is a bonafide so dude. Yeah, I think so too. he's a bonafide dude that I would move a first rounder for him. I really would. Yeah, um, depending on where the first rounder is, I, I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely okay. Yeah, but I just think he's interesting. I, I would, I would sniff. I'd be like, hey, what, what do you, you guys like him? Like, hey, are you, how are the, you guys close? You know, <laughs> let's, let's start talking there's a little no, there's bit. There's no way to know with them. It's, you never know. No way I know. To know. I don't know what they want. No one does. It doesn't seem like anybody knows what the Houston kick the canners want. All right, next guy here at that position that seems like he's a potential trade candidate is Tyron Smith. Mm-hmm. He's a free agent after this year, and this is a very rare NFL team that has multiple options at tackle. I believe Terrence Steele is a restricted free agent. They'll be mm-hmm. able to bring him back. They obviously drafted Tyron Smith in the first round last year, had to play a chunk of the season at left tackle. Yeah. So Tyron Smith is a rare, capable, beyond capable tackle, even if he's a little bit older and has injury concerns, that is could be available on the trade market. $13.6 million in base salary this year. Very tolerable. Okay. I I mean, there's one team that I just can't get out of my mind as soon as I started thinking about it. Who? The Chiefs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be lovely. <laughs> so instead of paying Orlando Brown 20, you can give up a second round pick and pay Tyron Smith 13.6. And I, I can't remember who reported this, and I'm sorry. Yeah, and I can't remember who reported this, and I'm sorry about that, but somebody said that might have been Albert Breer that they wanted like a longer term answer at the position. They didn't want to keep doing this year by year. Yeah. And I, yeah, I get that. And that's not what Tyron Smith is, but just on a football level, the oh, fact that you can wonderful. pay $7 million less for yeah. Tyron Smith at left tackle for this year. I, I would love that as a fit. Oh, absolutely. No, that's, that's a great, a great call. And speaking of which I am really, I'm very optimistic on Tyler Smith. So like even a transition plan from Tyron Smith, it, it like, I like it because I, I think Tyler Smith has shown a lot of flashes of star potential. Even if people are saying that he holds every play, which I think is bullshit. It's just there's this thing called a rip move. And uh, as we've discussed later in the season, but yeah, Tyler Smith, I think is very talented, but Tyron Smith. Um, yeah. If I'm a team that where this makes sense and I don't think, man, I think you could even get him for less than a second. I really do just because of the injury yeah. stuff. Maybe. Yeah, Maybe. I really I, I, do. I think that, that is a phone call I would absolutely make. Oh, yeah. I absolutely would, too. Uh, I think that one is – yeah, that one's really interesting. I know. I think that that's what's really fun about this tackle market this year. It's there's, You can get creative. There's there's guys to be had if you, if you do this right, and he's one of them. Another guy that has reportedly been shopped around a little bit, Mike Silver, who I think wrote this for Valley Sports, mentioned that at the Combine, Derek Henry is a name that he had heard. <laughs> this This one's tougher. Because was, we have so many free agents at the position. Yes. And I don't, there aren't that many obvious. And a good teams. class. Yeah. yeah. There aren't that many obvious. So he's 10 and a half in base salary this year, which is the franchise tag for, for running backs. Cap number, right? that's, yeah. that's what you'd be doing. So you'd yep. be giving, you would be trading to give him the tag. The yeah. Titans would save about 6 million against the cap. Not yeah. a ton, but they're in this weird transition period. So who knows? I had one team that. It doesn't make a ton of sense based on their previous moves, but when you think about the hole they have there and where they're at in their team building process, okay. maybe relevant. But it was hard for me to come up with that many teams where I'm just like, absolutely, you should trade for ten and a half million dollars of Derrick Henry. Who is it? Carolina. Oh my god, with that O line. But they just traded Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. So <laughs> and take it. Just bring another one off. They they don't have a ton of space. Okay, and yeah. I mean, they're they're in an interesting spot. I believe they'll probably move on from Shaq Thompson. They can make up some money there. Uh, 
AJ or excuse me, um, DJ Moore is a $19 million base salary. I assume they can restructure that if they want to. They can extend Brian Burns, who is at $16 million against the cap. They can free up some money if they want to, but I don't know if they want to spend $10.5 million of that on a running back. Would, uh, yeah, they probably can't make it. I was going to, the first, the team that always feels like they need a running back, I was going to say the Dolphins, but, uh, they're way under the cap or over they're the way, cap, they're way over. Way over. I actually, yeah, they, I actually had a Dolphin on here that I wanted to mention, but, uh, yeah. the other team that, might as well just throw them out here in every one of these conversations, although I don't think that they would do it, is the Bears. Yeah. Like, no David Montgomery. They've got all the money to spend. You you want to have, like, a true, like, grinded out running back to kind of take something off for your quarterback. You pair him with Justin Fields. Like, I don't know. What about the Lions? As, like, the Jamal Williams replacement. I, I just feel like it, it's just too rich. Uh, no, like no, it's very you, rich. For what you need out of position, it's just too rich. On a football Especially, level, yeah, it's great. Oh, I would absolutely love that. Yeah, that's more just me, just football nerd. Him wanted to see that with, the, with the, their all line road grading for him. My my gut feeling is he's just on the Titans next year. I think so too. They don't save that much by trading him. Right, it, he's such a rabble guy. You know, yeah. I just that would that would surprise me. Yeah, and if they go into a weird direction with their quarterback and offensive line, it's like, yeah, at least we can lean on. Can Henry to eat twenty five touches for us? Exactly. Yeah. All right. Next, next one here is a team more than more than an actual player. It feels like some Chargers veteran is not going to be on the team next year. When you just look at the financial realities of the team, little murder mystery. <laughs> I just because all right, knives out. Chargers, Chargers veteran defensive players. <laughs> the Chargers are twenty one million dollars over the cap. Okay. Kay. In this scenario, usually you'd have some restructure candidates that you'd throw out there, okay? Mm-hmm. The Chargers' biggest deals on their books right now are Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, and Keenan Allen, all of whom have base salaries more than $15 million. Keenan Allen's 31. He mm-hmm. has one year left on his deal after this. Khalil Mack is 32. He has one year left on his deal after this. You think they want to keep pushing money from those deals into future years to save, to save dollars? I don't think so. Okay. JC Jackson definitely don't want to start adding <laughs> that adding money onto that. And then the next biggest base salary that they have outside of Mike Williams at 12 million is Corey Winsley at 10 and a half, who's 32 yeah. years old. Uh, yep. So there's aren't that many restructure candidates available for this team right now. And they've said that Keenan Allen's going to be on the team this year. Mm-hmm. So is it Mac? Is it somebody else? Like it feels like something has to give here. Right. And Max already kind of gotten some rumors that he's a cutter trade candidate. And I do, man, I have one pairing that I'm like really excited to throw it out here. And that's with Khalil Mack. And that's with the Bengals, who I don't think are an aggressor like this. But oh my God. On a football level, it makes sense. On a team that's a, uh, I wouldn't say a no name defense, but it's a sum of parts defense. And then also they bring in a, a guy like that. Like I love a, their defense so much, but just a, a move that would. Just turn up the volume just a little oh. bit. Yeah, and he oh, doesn't. Like and, that. and because they have depth, they they really do. It's like he doesn't. He can other people can eat some snaps for him. He can age a little bit better. It makes sense. The Bengals have the sixth most most cap space. They can eat it. Um, it's a twenty. It, it would be you know twenty three million dollar cap hit this year, but they can afford it actually, and then they can move on from him. Be less than that, year. right? Uh, this is his base salary ridiculous. It's seventeen. Seventeen. I'm sorry. Oh, I mixed up the numbers. Yeah, but seventeen seventeen million and. Well, then he gets uh, the roster bonus too, right? That goes on with it. 
So it all depends on that. But 17 to 23 million, somewhere oh, around so, there. Okay. Oh, yeah. They're Ostrovans. Okay. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, yeah. So about 23. And, but if they move That's on, a they lot, move man. On. That's a I lot. I know, but they can afford it. They can afford now, it. They can, af- they can afford it now. If they try to bring back a guy like Von Bell, you know, right. if, depending There's on what other. they do with their own players, that's as much as I yeah. like the idea of that. That's very hard to imagine. Oh no, it, and the Bengals are not that kind of team. Like they are. Uh, history has proven that. We talk about history lessons. This is one that they are not the team that's going to do that. But that was just one that it made sense financially, and it made sense in, in my my head canon of what I want to see from the twenty twenty three NFL season. And also, you got to take into consideration Chargers probably wouldn't want to help uh, another contender. You know, yeah. if they're they think they're both in the same kind of window, so I wouldn't really want to help out another team that you might be facing. That was excited about that. Some, one. Something's got to happen there. Something's going to happen. I, I don't know what it is, but something yeah. has to happen. And because there aren't that many restructure candidates, I feel like no. something surprising could happen. All right, I want to stick with veteran pass rushers because nice. one guy that I just couldn't avoid here, Zadarius Smith. Okay, Zadarius Smith has a $9 million base salary this year. Almost no guaranteed money left on his deal. So he's a cut candidate for the, for the Vikings if they mm-hmm. wanted to. But he feels like a guy you could get something for. And at $9 million this year, he tailed off a little bit in the second half of last but he, season. But he had some real 12 flashes. weeks, he was, yes. oh my God, he was a monster. <laughs> so if you need help at your pass rushing spots, he's a guy I'd absolutely call about. Because I think that the fact that he is a cut candidate, what would you have to give up to get him for $9 million of Darius Smith next year? A fourth round pick? Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, call it out and offer it. I mean, that's just to see because I just think that he's at $9 million, he could be a rotational pass rusher for you this year. Yeah. That would make a ton of sense. It it feels like they are. I mean, the Vikings are kind of a weird spot. We did our – Oh, so here – I got it. Who? What if you're the Jag? What if you're the Jags? Okay. Arden Key's a free agent. Dwayne Smoot's a free agent. Nine million dollars. I know. Jags are tight though, like as far as cap wise. Ah, uh, you get there. <laughs> For Zadari Zadari uh, it's funny because Zadarius Smith and Arden Key actually like on pass pass downs have like the same role. Like they're they're kind of like the nose or the kind of spinner in that that the situations. That's a huge Yeah, that's upgrade. what I mean. And they're yeah, they're no. so they, they'll play guys all over the place. Yeah. And they need like, pass that would rushers. make sense to me. And so they just cut Shaq Griffin. So yeah. cutting Shaq Griffin saves them thirteen million against the cap, gives them eight million dollars in cap space right now. And that's before the, doing anything else. What about the Chiefs? Yeah. That one makes a ton of sense. They got the room for it. You know, that one, that, oh my God, yeah. Chris Jones and Zadarius Smith on the inside. That'd be a lot of fun. I mean, you know, we could list off so many teams. So many. Just because because that, he, that's that's the thing. That's But that makes him such a viable candidate because that yeah. cap hit's not that crazy. And, and it's it's very workable. Like, you can get creative with him um, <laughs> on a football sense and also in a financial sense. No, that one, I think it's going to happen. It feels like it is with the Vikings. But that, that one's a really interesting one because he's still a very useful player. It also feels like the type of move the Eagles would make. Oh, yeah. Lose Brandon Graham. He's a free agent. Just like looking for one more guy to be part of that rotation. Even if it's, you know, they're obviously, they're but, spending money on a ton of different guys, but they always seem to find a couple dollars in the couch cushions here and there. <laughs> and they can figure out what the, yeah, the snap, snap count wise would be great for them. No, that, that's a good one too. All right. A couple interior defensive players that I wanted to mention. Ed Oliver, 
Mm-hmm. $10 million in base salary this year. Bills don't have a lot of wiggle room. You know, he's somebody that really never broke out in the way that they wanted him to, mm-hmm. and he's hitting free agency next season. Is that somebody that you could go get? Is that somebody worth going to chase? But that was one name, just looking at guys who are hitting free agency next year, that that popped out to me. Yeah, and Ed Oliver has more, I'm not trying to be mean, but has more name recognition than actual play recognition. Yeah. I mean, he does. But for so 10 million bucks, you know, I don't know if you useful. want to extend He's still him. useful. Like, yes, but for 10 yeah. million bucks in a world where the best def- interior defensive linemen are getting 20. Yeah. It's still not that yeah, bad. He's he's not yeah, he's not ha- like worth half of them. Like he's worth yes. more than that. <laughs> yeah. So exactly. And he's disruptive and everything. It can make sense for a team that that I think has a strength there and he's the cherry on top. Like I think that would make a ton of sense. I don't know who it is off the top of my head, but yeah, no, that's that's a very viable one, especially for a team that kind of seems to be retooling um as they kind of like pushed a lot of stuff in last year. So yeah, I don't know, that makes sense. Other interior guys. Zach Sealer from Miami. Okay. Is hitting free agency next year. They have a lot of guys that they have already paid. Yes, they do. Even on their defensive line. Bradley Chubb, Chubb. Emmanuel Ogba, Christian Wilkins is going to need an extension. Mm-hmm. Spending big on Tyree Kill. Is that somebody that they're just not going to be able to pay? And he could be available for that reason. I think he's yeah. a really good player. They and like a, a really players. useful players. I like him a lot. Yeah. I mean, he's one of the guys that just jumps off the screen to me all the time. And the Dolphins will wheel and deal. Like they, they, they will. So it's that, that's not, that's another interesting one. Yeah. Cause they, like they say, they, they have too much talent to pay, which I'll, I'll talk about with a different guy in a second. But that is, that is someone that, yeah, that, that's the thing. It's just like in, it sounds stupid, but, or it sounds obvious that it really is. You look where a team has too many good players that they have to pay. You just go, hey, this guy, you're not going to, you're going to get nothing for him next year. Here's a third. You know, yeah. does that interest you? You need it. You already trade away a lot of picks. You need those picks. So that, that one makes a lot of sense too. Last one for me, Eric Armstead. Eric Armstead has a $24 million cap hit this year. When does he become they, a free agent? Is it next year? After, after 2024. 2025. Okay. Yeah. Two years, right? Okay. Okay. He's 30. They're, they're yeah. got a lot of expensive players on yes. that team. They would save $16 million against the cap, I believe, if they traded him, which is not an insignificant amount of money. Yeah. So that's just a guy. Maybe they have no interest. Their their edge depth isn't what it was. They have got Ebukam is hitting free agency. Charles Menahu is hitting free agency. They may not want to lose a player in that rotation, but yeah. he is not cheap. I mean, that is a big, big, big cap deal. hit for a guy going into his 30s. So, again, just somebody they, that might worth be sniffing around about. They traded DeForest Buckner. Before yes, they, had they to did him again. So for a first rounder, I mean, they did that, and you know, Sam, um, not Sam Jackson, Drake Jackson had a nice, yeah. l- n- nice little year for him. So that that's a probably that's a succession plan for them. So that makes sense. Uh, no, that that's a good one too because, like you said, guys are about to get paid on that team, and they already have some expensive players. They might have to shift some resources, uh, financial resources, to the offense pretty soon with some of the other guys that are going to have to get paid too. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. 
Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Don't just ride the index. Seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, you had a couple guys. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Colts uh, and interior defense alignment, I have Grover Stewart. And this is more of a, I, I don't oh, know man. what the Colts are planning. You know, I don't know, like, if they really want to, like, all right, we're going to really have a good defense for whatever young quarterback we plop in here. But he's going to be a free agent next year, the last year of a deal. He turns 30 this year. Kind of all the warning signs of a potential trade candidate. They'd say about $9 million. Not that they're like crazy you know, with cap stuff, but the new team takes on a $9.5 million, million dollar deal. But this is a legit plugger. How many defenses we talked about this year that were like, man, they do this, this, and this, but man, they just can't stop the run. You know, man, they just need interior help. Grover Stewart is a one-man wrecking crew. With DeForest Buckner, it's a lot of fun, but just by himself, he eats two blocks every play. And legit is a disruptive force. And really – Played all pro caliber last year. There was just there's a ton of interior defensive line talent last year, but man, if you need a plugger and a middle round pick, and you're kind of like facing like man, we might have a window here. I think he makes a lot of sense as a trade candidate. Um, it just depends on what the Colts feel about their timeline, but I'd be calling about him and, and seeing if I can I can throw a pick at them and try and get a really really useful player that plays a lot of snaps, especially on rundowns. They're gonna have to. I mean, they really have a choice renegotiate or restructure the Deshaun Watson deal. He has a $46 million base salary this year. So you can borrow as much as you want from that. Essentially, if they make John Johnson, the third, a post June first cut, they'd save about $9 million against the cap. Plus the restructuring that has going to have to have with Watson from the Browns that I'm calling immediately. It's right. I mean, like that's that's the team that that, came to my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That one makes a ton of sense. And, and as far as really how the Browns are acting, like, Browns are in their window. <laughs> they think they are anyway. So like this is this is a guy that's a huge need for them. And I'm sure Jim Schwartz would love him. Um, the other interior defensive lineman, man, we're we're really hitting the sexy positions here. But the this is uh, a tag, a guy that got tagged, Deron Payne from Washington. When he got tagged, what did we talk about? Like, what are you guys doing? Like, what yeah. are you? What are you planning for? 
I would call him and be like, can you afford him? I know you want him for another year. He's a fantastic player. He's only, he's turning 26, absolute game wrecker. Another guy that was an all-pro candidate for me, uh, at times outplaying Jonathan Allen, who had a fantastic year as well. If he was a true free agent, didn't get tagged, he would be my number one front seven free agent, even over, over Javon Hargrave, who, who's 30. Um, but I mean, man, but this might be a similar type of situation to Forrest Buckner. I'm going to refer to that again. He got traded for a first rounder. Might be, that's a little rich, but I don't know. This is a really good player, but I would see what a smattering of day two picks for a team that seems rudderless as far as what direction they're going. And I'll say like, Hey, you might, you might only have this guy and you're paying him a lot of money. Let us pay him. We'll pay him. And then here's a couple of picks to like make up for it. The but problem that's a, is though, do they, do they care? Do they I don't care think about, they do. That's do they care about a second round pick and a guy who's yes. going to be something in three years based on the amount of urgency with that Their staff incentives are, are so right warped that yes. we, that's what it's, sucks. I have a hard time talking about them because I don't understand what they're trying to accomplish. No one does. And I think every team you talk to, no one does. So that's that's where it kind of stinks because I feel like he's one I'd be, I'd be hitting up because he's a true, true. We talk about needle movers. He is. He's borderline getting to that elite level. That's how he played last year anyways. All right, you um, had a couple of guys that you wanted to save from their current <laughs> situations before we get out of here. Save my boys. Uh, this is anyone that's listened to this show has heard these names several times, but Denzel Mims. Sorry, did I yell into the mic there? No, you're good. <laughs> uh, I was getting uh, hot. Robert, Robert fixes my, his headphones after I yelled at. Uh, Denzel Mims. Uh, these are all just like, throw a day three pick, see if we can just save something, you know, scrap off the scrap heap. But Denzel Mims from the Jets is one who seems like every week they talk about trading him. And then they're like, no, 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 we're going to keep him on the roster and make him inactive. So it's like, do you, Jets, do you like him or do you not like him? Like, that's why I can't figure out. Um, throw a six rounder at him, see if you can get him. Uh, the other one is Alberto. I'm not even going to try his last name. Uh, from the Denver Broncos, a tight end. I thought it would be a breakout candidate, and they just seemed to hate him for whatever reason. And then when he played, he was – God, he has just been banished to the shadow realm. It's, I mean, it's I unbelievable. It. I talked to the members from their old staff you know, that had him before uh, Hackett came in, and they loved him. They were like, oh, my God, this guy's going to be a star. I th- and that was after I kind of wrote him up, and I was like, oh, man, I feel, feel good about this. And then never heard from him. So I would be uh, – you don't really see a height, weight, speed guy like that that has been improving every time he's played – Throw, throw, call them. See what they want. <laughs> see, like six rounder. We, that- we talked about how tight ends. It can take a while, and these guys that He's have still the traits are, can be worth. We worth it. I, it's Thank interesting. And then the last one I got to throw it out because he's like the mascot of the show. Kind of is Kendrick Bourne. Last year's deal, they uh they but Matt Patricia he was late for a meeting apparently and just like was like I, I hate this guy. And then sure enough, when he played, he was still. Very useful, very effective. This guy's nothing more than like a, a super role playing number three. But man, I, I think for a contender uh, that has a couple of the really nice pieces in the receiver room, oh my God, I think he'd be just be a great fit for anybody because he's just a very, very useful player, chain mover. Love Kendrick Bourne. So save somebody save my boys. <laughs> those are those are my that's the trios. That's my triplets. Somebody save those three. Last thing before we get out of here, just talking about something we mentioned earlier, the Panthers, uh, they restructured Taylor Moten's deal and freed up another $10 million in space. So there are moves that the Panthers can make to get some money, and we'll see what they end up doing with it. Interesting. Panthers are are, a very, very interesting team this year. I'm very excited to follow them. A lot going on there. There's a lot going on. There's some smoke. There's some smoke coming from Carolina. And it's not right. from their it's not from their failed team facility in Rock Hill. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that is all we have for today. We will be back tomorrow. 
with some more free agency chatter. I can't remember what it is, so I'm not gonna. So I'm not gonna talk about what they showed. I I had to ask what it was this morning. <laughs> it changed my notes, <laughs> so I'm pretty pretty prepped for the next. One. We're doing a show every day. There's a lot coming at you. Just uh, put it on your radar right now. Tomorrow's best fits. Thank you, Bauer. Best fits from free agency. That's gonna be a fun one. I'm excited to dig into that. Just let you guys know. Next week, we are doing live recap shows. Yeah. Every day. Okay, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we're going to be live breaking down the day that was in free agency. We've done these over the last two years. I love doing them. Some of my favorite shows that we do all year, just a kind of great way to tap into the moment. And it's like a crazy set of days in free agency. So we're going to be doing that starting next Monday, which is when the league year opens. So be on the lookout for those. I think we're going to do them at 3.30 p.m. Eastern. Each day is the plan right now. If that changes, I will update you guys. But come hang out with us. You know, we're really just going to be sitting here yeah. ripping off takes as these things happen. So Before we guys, know the bonus structure. Yeah. Just, just <laughs> it's great. <laughs> come hang out. Spend some time with us. We're going to be having a great time. So that is our plan next week. we got two more shows coming your way this week. Just a heads up, you can listen right now to Prospects to Pros with Dane Brugler and Andy Staples. That was on your feed on Wednesday. Come back for more draft chatter and football GM with Mike Sando and Randy Mueller is available very soon. I believe at noon today, they are back excited to have back excited to have Mike and Randy back in the feed. So please make sure you go and check that out for now. That's all we got. We'll be back tomorrow. Talk to you guys soon. This was the athletic football show.